Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to all of our campuses and all of you watching online, all of you here today. You're looking, again, you're looking good. Um, Hey, just want to say, if you were here, you're welcome. If you were here this, this weekend... Um, here at East, we, we packed, and I know you just heard it, but 500,000 meals. Here's what I want to say. First of all, to those of you who give, maybe you weren't able to come and, and serve or, or whatever, but if you give to Hope, that, that's a quite expensive little deal there that we do, 250000 300000 something like that, that it costs to, 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 to put those meals out there. <clears throat> and then for you to show up, uh, thousands, I think, uh, as far as Friday and Saturday. So can you give your, yourselves a hand and those who came? Guys, thank you. It's a big deal. Um, it's a big deal. You and I won't go to lunch today wondering if we can have something to eat. We will not. We will not go to bed tonight hungry, most of us. Um, and uh, these meals do, do a lot for, for those around the world. So thank you. Uh, the second thing is this week, is the week that we start all of our grow classes. And so if you have not uh, even thought about that, right? You're in the middle of, of the start of the year and, and it's like, man, I haven't even thought about a class or a group or whatever. Guys, uh, we have men's Bible studies in the AM and in the PM. We have women's Bible studies in the AM and the PM. We have uh, young adults on Tuesday nights here that meet at this campus. We have singles that meet here on this campus. We have a parenting class being taught on Thursday nights. If you're a parent of any age group, um, man, I, I, go to the list. Go to our website. Go under uh, Grow and see if there's a place for you, maybe even a small group, a home group. Um, we'd love for you to be a part of that, and, and uh, it's a way to connect. It's a way to grow your faith. So if you've not yet done that, uh, make, make sure you go to the website and they start, they start this week, as well as we have Regen every Monday night, 6.30, and we have Reengage every Thursday night, 6.30, and so, um, um, man, they're great stuff. We got some good things going on. Today, I'm kind of sad. We, we're ending a series that has been uh, pretty powerful to me in my, and when I've to, I tell you this all the time, but when I speak, I speak to myself first. When I prepare a message, it really, I'm looking up, what am I going through or what, what, what do I need? And, and then hopefully this helps you. But uh, over the last few weeks in this series called My Name Is, we've talked about some characters in the Bible who God or themselves changed their name. First week, Abram to Abraham, God changed his name. Second week, Naomi to Mara, she changed her name. Week three, we talked about Jacob to Israel. Today, we're going to talk about a New Testament passage. There's only two that I know of that that God changed their name, and that was Simon Peter, or Simon to Peter, and then Paul to uh, Saul to Paul. Today we're going to look at uh, Simon and and how his story unfolds. Now, when Jesus called his disciples, in that century and in the custom of Jewish faith, there were what what were called rabbis. And rabbis would be religious teachers of the law. So they would give their, there were many of them, and they would give their flavor of the law. They would say, hey, this is what my interpretation of the law, the Pentateuch, Moses' law, 
Um, this is my interpretation. This is what I think, how we should. Just like today, we have many different denominations and we have different flavors of style of worship and even style of theology in the sense of different theologies. You have Reformed, you got um, Calvinistic, you have uh, contemporary, you have liturgical, you have, uh, you know, conservative, whatever. So when I say conservative, I'm talking about music. So um, the rabbis, their custom was to pick some students, some disciples, so to speak. And they would train those disciples in their way or in the yoke of their teaching. So it was customary for rabbis to have followers, right? To have um, people in their, um, in their, in their area in, that they would call to say, hey, come follow me, and they would learn the way of the rabbi, and then they would teach and, and learn. So Jesus, when he went to his disciples, and, or called his disciples, the, he didn't go to the local Jewish seminary. Now, they didn't have seminaries, but he didn't go to the, the most elite of the religious crowd. He did not go to the young men that were uh, stars in their uh, teaching and in their, in their uh, school. He went to common, ordinary people. Um, in fact, a despised tax collector was among them. Um, fishermen, most of them were fishermen. We had, uh, um, you know, Judas, who was a, kind of a thief, accountant, thief. No, no uh, correlation there. Uh, I, I should have I rephrased that. Accountants, you're not thieves. I'm not saying you're thieves. But, um, that, that, and then we had a, a, polit, a, a political guy, uh, Simon the Zealot. And uh, we just, just really thought the kingdom of God was going to be taken by force. So we've got to get an army, and we've got to overtake this thing, much like today. But... Regardless of that, one of them stood out or began to stand out among the rest, and that would be Peter. Now, Scripture tells us, and I'm just giving you Scripture, okay? So this is no bias on my part, but John, the disciple, was the one Jesus loved the most. Now, that is Scripture. I'm just giving you the Scripture, and you can do with that what you will, but as far as leadership, Peter began to stand out. And there are two things today that I want to get to. We have a lot to, to cover, and, and we're going to end strong. But there are two things about Peter's life that I, I simplified. Okay, so there's so many things we could say about Peter's life. Two things that I feel like are, are uh, pretty general in, in Peter's life. Extreme faith and extreme failure. Okay, so... We're going to look at extreme faith, and we're going to look at two passages. They're both in Matthew, chapter 14 and chapter 16. The first one is in chapter 14, and this is Peter uh, walking on the water. Okay, let's look at the passage, chapter 14 of Matthew. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away, uh, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy winds or heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. 
When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Now, we could just stop there and spiritually speaking, there, there are many times, right, that you and I walk through storms in life. And um, even though we've been through life and we've done life and we've, you know, been through some things, there, there comes in our lives times in which it throws us for a loop. Even though we're experienced with life, these guys were experienced in the boat. This was not their first rodeo in Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee. They had done this many times before. And we have done life much. There also comes those times in which it just throws us. It's just like this, like, what in the world is going on right now? This is turning my world, my life upside down. And, and this is not in my message, to, so this is first service. You get it free today. I just want you to know that you're not alone in the storm that you're facing right now. This has nothing to do with my message, but I just want you to know that, that in my mind, when I see stories like this, the, the storms that we face and that you may be facing in your marriage or in your family or a physical thing or with your kids or with your finances or with life or sin or whatever, the storm that you're facing, you're not alone. And he says, take courage. Easier said than done, right? But take courage. And if, if, that's, if that's you today, and you're, you're watching online and you're struggling, depression or anxiety or addiction of some kind and it's just a storm and you've done life before and you thought you were good, you thought you were just strong and now you're going through this and it's a really, just know that he is, he says, I am here. You are not alone. Okay, so then Peter called to him. Lord, if it, now this is an interesting part of the story. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, let me just say, reading this over and over, right, and, and thinking through um, this story, um, I'm thinking, okay, if I was in the boat, okay, would I even think to say, hey, if that's really you, call me out to walk on the water too? Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know that it even crossed my mind. First of all, they're in a, they're in a wind and waves, and it's like, and, and again, they're, they're a commercial fisherman. They understand Gal the Sea of Galilee like the back of their hand, but it is rough, and it is crazy. And then they see a ghost. They think it's a ghost, and then it's Jesus, and they're like, what in the world is going on? One of the last things on my mind is like, hey, can I walk down the water with you? I mean, that's really the last thing in the world I'm thinking. But Peter says, hey, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter, I'm thinking, Peter may be thinking, that was a rhetorical question, right? I just wanted you to confirm it was you. But so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the, the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Now, I know Jesus says you have so little faith, but we're talking about Jesus, okay? Now, remember, there are 11 other guys in the boat who stood there watching, right? They're like, like oh, there he is. He's actually walking on water. Wow. 
how? None of them had the courage. None of them had the, the, the courage to ask even Jesus, hey, could, could I walk to None of them. They were just all on the boat. So Peter, when Jesus says, you a little faith, that's Jesus, okay? And I know he's saying that. But I'm saying, and I think you would agree with me, like, wow. Peter did a, he was pretty good. Now, he lost sight of Jesus, okay? And that's why he started sinking. But at, at any rate, if he walked, listen, if he walked five steps on the water, five, how many think that's awesome? Five, five steps, right? I mean, if you walk five steps in Lake Louisville, and you know what? If I was on Lake Louisville, I would want to walk on water. I don't want to be in that water. I don't know. I have no idea what's in there. But if I took three to five or seven steps, I'm thinking, man of God, am I, right? Okay. Just, I just wanted to clarify that. Jesus said, uh, why did you doubt me? When you, and, and then when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God. Now, listen to this. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. That's an interesting line that we're going to go to now in Matthew 16. But before we get to Matthew 16, let me say this about the getting out of the water. I mean, getting out of the boat. <clears throat> this would not be the first time leadership or spiritually speaking that Jesus, that Jesus would call for Peter to come out of the boat. Peter would become the leader of the early church in Jerusalem. We have Paul who would later come, years later actually, and he would be a, a very influential missionary, church planter around the world. But when it comes to the early church in Jerusalem, in that area, Peter was the guy. And in the early days of the early church, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give me, we give to you, rise up and walk. He, Peter would get out of his boat many times. He would be the first, first disciple to welcome Gentiles into the faith through a wild dream that he had. And you remember the story in Acts? Peter would be the first one to get out of his religious boat and allow Gentiles to come in to the faith. It, 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 he, many times Peter would get, get out of the boat. And I just wonder sometimes, maybe in our lives right now and in your life right now, there, you're in a boat, so to speak. You're in a comfortable position. Um, now, there may be a storm, but you're at least in the boat. But maybe the Lord is saying, I've got something else for you. I'd love for you to ask if you could walk. And you are paralyzed with fear. You are paralyzed with selfish uh, ambition in the sense that, no, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I'm doing my life. I'm doing my business. I've got things to do. I don't have time to get out of the boat and do your little thing, Jesus. Maybe that's you today. And, and the Lord is just saying, I want you to get out of your boat. Take courage. And many of us need some courage to get out of our boat. We have been stuck in a place, maybe spiritually speaking, and maybe this week would be a great time to, 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 to connect and, and to grow in your faith and join a group or go to a Bible study or just try something. I'm not saying it's the cure-all. I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect. Uh, our, our, I mean, we do the best that we can. Maybe it's you that's lame, right? So you need to put yourself out there. Get out of the boat and do something. And maybe it's in job-related. Maybe it's uh, financially. Whatever the case is, 
Maybe it's spiritual. You've been stuck in a place for a long time. And you've been hurt by a church. You've been hurt by a pastor. You've been hurt by a priest. You've been hurt by something. And you have been in that hurt boat for a long time. And let me just tell you, what you experienced was real. I'm not demeaning that. I'm not making fun of that. I'm not saying it wasn't real. But what I am saying is if you want to stay in that boat, you're going to spend the rest of your life hurt and bitter as opposed to living in a purpose that only God can bring your life. And I encourage you today, whoever you are, get out of your boat, get out of your comfort. Now, some of you need to get back in the boat. Some of you have gone, you're gone crazy and you're, you know, trying to walk on water and you're sinking and all this stuff. You need to get back in the boat because God didn't speak to you. All right, but most of us, most of us maybe need to get out of the boat, okay? Now, let's go to Matthew 16, okay? We're still on extreme faith because in my opinion, that story, even though, you know, he lost sight, but I mean, it was pretty cool what Peter did there. And I believe that was the beginning I believe that little story right there was the beginning of Peter's leadership and his journey with Jesus on a whole nother level. Matthew 16, here we go. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. Now, this is weird because in just two chapters ago in the boat, they're saying you really are the son of God. Well, this is just what Peter said. Again, confirming there was something different about this confession. There was something different about this confession. It wasn't in the, in the realm of we just saw you walk on water and you calm the storm. I mean, it just, I mean, this is crazy. Oh, an, an emotional response. That's, you know, sometimes we have at a conference or a men's conference or a camp or whatever, emotional response. Oh, Jesus is awesome. This was something different. Hey, who do people say? He's just sitting around. Who do people say that I am? And Peter stood up and says, hey, you of the Christ. You are the son of the living God. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. You didn't learn this because you were in a boat and you got excited. Now I say to you, you are Peter. This is where the name changes, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So when Peter confesses or announces or answers the question, who do people say that I am? You, this was different. It just was different than two chapters ago. There, there was, a, there was, there was a, re- a revelation. Let me stop right there. Many of us have been raised in church all of our lives. And we have a knowledge of Jesus. We know the story, we know Christmas, we know Easter, we know a little bit in between, we know the story, and it is a knowledge, even maybe a cultural thing in our family that we grew up in church. Here's what I want to say to you. This was a different thing. This was a supernatural revelation. 
And maybe some of us have a knowledge of Jesus. And I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, Peter, there was something different about this because, because Jesus noted it. They said, you are the son of God. Wow, we're, we're in awe. When, Jesus, when Peter says this, or Simon, he says something different here. Something different here. And I'm saying to you, if Jesus were to ask you, who do people say that I am? Do you have a knowledge or do you have a revelation? Are you following Jesus as a cultural kind of um, uh, upbringing that, yeah, yeah, I follow Jesus. I, I'm, I know Jesus. I know. If he were to if we could be right here today, and he says, who do you say that I am? What would you say? What would you say? And my hope and my prayer is that you would be able to say with, with revelation power, with, with a supernatural, like, I know who you are. To me. Not just in the world. Not just the savior of the world. You are my savior. And you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven of my sin and be reconciled to the Father. And I surrender my life and my faith and everything I have to you. I hope that you could say that. Yeah, good, it's good. If, if you can't, if you can't, today's your day. You get out of that doubting boat, you get out of that bitter boat, you get out of that selfish boat and you make a confession that is based on revelation, not just knowledge. And knowledge is not bad, but revelation. Now, okay, having said that, extreme faith. Peter gets out of the boat. Peter's the first one to answer, I know who you are. And it was a revelation. Okay, now, unfortunately, there's a second and there's extreme failure. <clears throat> Let's go to the story. Luke chapter 22. Jesus has been arrested in the garden. And here's what happens. Here we go. And I know you know the story, but let's just read. So they arrested him and led him to Jesus, him to the high priest's home, Caiaphas. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. So they're at a house, a big house. I've been to this house. What we think what was his house. Caiaphas' house. And, and it's, it's like a, a nice home, and, and there's a courtyard area, there's a house or whatever, and there started a fire, a fire pit there, and the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it, and Peter joined them there. So he's like on the outskirts there, the fire's there, and a servant girl noticed him in the firelight <clears throat> and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers, but Peter denied it. Woman, now I think we should mark that right there. Woman, I like that. That gives me a little permission. Woman, <laughs> she's not in here. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm kidding, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, okay. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. Okay, first one. Okay, just casual, I'm, I'm by the fire, kind of warming. 
and I'm minding my own business, got my hoodie on, and I recognize you. You're with Jesus, right? No. Woman? Woman? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. And after a while, someone else looked at him and said, you, you must be one of them. No, man. <laughs> I thought that translation is just funny. No, man. I'm not. <clears throat> Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted. You must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows three times tomorrow morning that you, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Now, up until this point in my life, I have failed Jesus miserably multiple times, so have you. Up until this point, though, and, and I would say easy because I live in the United States, maybe you're watching and you live somewhere else, that, that is, you are persecuted for being a Christian, maybe even in prison or killed. That's never happened here. And up until this point in my life, I have no recollection of ever denying Jesus. Now, I failed him miserably many times, but I have not I don't think I have ever denied him. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Now, I know it's easy for me to say because nobody's really put me in prison or if even threatened to. This is, I want, you to, I want you to think about the significance of this failure. Peter has, from the beginning, was a follower of Jesus. Come follow Andrew's brother. They were fishing and Andrew said, I found Jesus. This is wild. I, I want you to meet Peter. And he says, Simon, I want you to come. Who's Peter? I want you to come follow me. He's heard him teach. He's watched the miracles. He saw people demon possessed all of a sudden be released of that possession. He saw dead bodies rise from the grave. And in the heat of a moment, when his friend is in trouble, his savior, he denies him to his face. Have you ever heard the phrase, there's no coming back from that one? You know, if this is you, and, and you are, you're there and you're like, no, you know, it wouldn't have changed the game at all if Peter would have said, yeah, I am one of them. Come, what do you want? What, so you want some of me? I mean, if Peter would have said, yes, I, I am one of them. I am his follower. He is the Christ. He's the Messiah. You have falsely accused him. You want to imprison me? You want to kill me? I'm with him. It wouldn't have changed a thing. Jesus is still going to the cross. Jesus is still going to rise from the... So, so even if Peter would have done that, but Peter didn't do that, Peter instead... He waffled, and he let fear, instead of courage, he let fear grip his heart, fear of self-preservation. And I want you to understand this, the extreme significance, the extreme failure here. It's almost insurmountable. It's like there's no coming back from that one. And I'm not talking about with Jesus. Like, like Jesus is mad and saying, okay, you know what? You can do that to me. You just wait. It's going to be hot for you. 
right? No, it's not that. It's, it's inward. <clears throat> it's Peter. It says he went outside and he ran outside, wept bitterly. Like, like I, I can't come back from this. I've seen what I've seen. I've heard what I've heard. And I've experienced what I've experienced. And I denied him to, my, to his face. I can't come back. And maybe you're here today and there's some kind of thing going on in your life where you're just like, I, I, there's no coming back. I, I just, I, it is what it is. Well, you know the rest of the, hopefully you know the rest of the story. Jesus and John restores Peter. Do you love me? Yes. Well, then feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes. Do you feed my sheep? Three times, like he denied him three times and three times he says, do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. Now I'm getting hurt. Oh, really? You're getting hurt? Okay. Jesus didn't say that, but I just kind of thinking that. Oh, like, you're hurt? Okay. And he says, hey, I want you, I, I, that mantle of leadership that started in the boat when you got out and started when you confessed revelation, I'm telling you, that mantle has not left. I have a calling on your life. I have a purpose for your life, and you have not gone too far. And I want you to, everybody look at me. If that's you, maybe small, it may be very big, and maybe only you know about the failure. It's not too late, and you've not gone too far. There is never a place where you go too far. His grace and what he did on that cross was so powerful. It conquered sin, period. So if you're... If you're in failure, like Peter, if you're extreme, maybe not that extreme, maybe it is. I just want you to know today that we learn from Peter. And by the way, you notice, Abram to Abraham stuck. There are not many name changes in the Bible. But Abram to Abraham stuck. Naomi to Mara didn't stick. Jacob to Israel didn't really stick. Why, you know what I'm saying? When we tell the story of Jacob, what do we say? Do we say Israel or Jacob? We say Jacob. When we say Peter, do you ever use the word Simon, the name Simon? Unless you put it Simon Peter, that that wasn't his name. His name was first Simon, then Jesus changed it to Peter. We always say Peter. His name, listen, when Jesus changes your name, when Jesus changes your name, it sticks. Over the last four weeks, Abram to Abraham was for a purpose. Naomi to Mara and that whole story was for a purpose. Jacob to Israel was for a purpose. Simon to Peter was for a purpose. This whole series is about what God wants to do in you and what God wants to do through you. What God wanted to do in Abraham, hey, I want to, I want to do something new in you, and I know you've been asking for a kid. I want, I want you to know that you're not going to have one kid, but you're going to have multiple sands of the sea kind of offspring. That doesn't, okay, there's a purpose that I have for you. Naomi wanted to change her name to Mara. From pleasant to bitter, God had other plans. Jacob to Israel, struggle, struggle, struggle. Jacob, Israel, I'm going to give you a descendants that will change the world. In your lineage will be Jesus. Simon Peter, 
there's a reason why I've changed your name. And I, want, I, want, I have a purpose for you. And through Peter's leadership, I know it was all Jesus, but through his leadership, he changed the world. You received a card when you came in. Can you get that out across all of our campuses? Can you grab that? And I forgot mine, so can I borrow yours? Can I borrow yours? You're so kind. Thank you so much. On, look, so I want you to look at this card. On, I want you to look at this side first, where it just has lines. Here's what I want you to do. I do this, I've done this for years, giving you something, uh, you know, whatever that thing is, to write names down of people far from God. Because I believe as we start this year, you know, since Prosper has ended, the, the campaign and the campuses, uh, Prosper hasn't ended. I just mean the, the, we finished the building and, you know, the, the campaign and all that stuff. People have been asking me what's next. Oh, what's next? Where are we going next? Well, when we get debt free, we'll go somewhere else. Until you pay up, we're going to just kind of stay right here. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding, but, but sort of. Anyway, what's next? Let me just tell you. Everybody look at me. What's next is what's always been next. The, the mission of Hope Fellowship has not been a campus or campuses. The mission of Hope Fellowship has not been buildings or, or even programs. The mission of our church and what is next for Hope Fellowship is the same thing that we've been doing for 24 years. And is that is lost people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they matter to us. I want you to write some names down that God puts on your heart that are far from God. Maybe it's family members, maybe it's coworkers, neighbors, friends at school, whoever. That God puts on your heart. I want you to write their names down. Sometime in the next day or two, I'm asking you not to lose the card. Maybe you can tape it on the mirror or something, but write some names down. On the other side, this is for right now. This is for later. This is for right now. See this side, it says my name is. And for many of you, my name is abuse. My name is failure. My name is less than. My name is anger. My name is brokenness. My name is abandoned. My name is ugly. My name is sinner. All kinds of names. I'm not going to ask you to write that name down of what you have labeled yourself or somebody has labeled you. What I want you to write down in the moment, we're getting ready to sing a song. It's awesome. It's called God Changed My Name. What is God speaking to you about your current present situation? And the names that you have developed, maybe it's selfish, maybe it's preoccupied, maybe it's comfortable, whatever. What is he speaking to you? And in this song, I want you to write down some things that he's speaking to you, that he wants to change your name from safety and fearful in the boat to courageous and extreme faith walking on water. What does God want to say to you in your present spiritual situation right now? What is he speaking to you? As we sing, I want you to write and pray. Let's pray together. Lord. Your word is filled. It is so filled with powerful stories and truths that change our lives. And today, I pray for my friends as we end this series and we begin a year, as it relates to our purpose and our mission here at Hope, it's not changed. The other side of this card is about what we are about. It is about people in our lives, in our area, far from God. 
on this side, there's some things that we need to get right with you. We need to hear from you. There are things about us that we don't like. There are decisions that we've made, labels that have been put on us, even names. God, change our name today. Speak clearly to us in the next few moments. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.